Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan brought to you by, of course, the legendary Great Lakes Dragway down in Union Grove. What a perfect day to get out there and watch some cars just straight haul ass down that track. You will have a blast. I guarantee it. Uh, if you go out there, grab some of the great food and drinks over at Great Lakes. And if you find uh, Roy Henning down there, kick him in the knee and tell him that's from the pipe bomb here. Uh, Jeff Orlowski steering the ship for the first hour. Steve Zaki, he's uh, out at Road America right now. And uh, you'll hear from him at uh, coming up around 1245. And he'll also uh, bring you some phenomenal interviews during the 1 o'clock hour that uh, – that uh, he's going to get up at Road America as well. So lots of great racing all over the state. Road America going on, Great Lakes Dragway going on, tons of the smaller tracks, all got events going on. Get out to the track and support the sport that we love. 
Uh, I want to start the show by welcoming in a great American hero, Mr. Dennis Michelson, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Dennis, how you doing today? I am doing fantastic, because how could I do any better than spend part of my Saturday afternoon with you? The check is in the mail. I appreciate the lies. Uh, my wife stopped lying to me many, many years ago, so anytime <laughs> I ever... Uh, ever uh, get a compliment even if it's uh uh full of crap i uh, i appreciate it and i run with it was that worth the 20 bucks that you sent me on paypal <laughs> yes sir <laughs> uh, uh so we had uh, a couple cup races since uh since we last spoke uh nascar raced at texas last sunday and uh i forgot who won that race it was some some total jerk but uh, what a, uh, a surprising one-two finish for Richard Childress racing at Texas. Tyler Reddick, and man, I was sitting there screaming at the TV in the closing laps of that race, hoping he was going to get it done and get around uh, his quote-unquote teammate. What uh, what and you got? You know, what were your takeaways from the race at Texas, Dennis? Well, Texas was another one of those deals where the way the cautions fell at the end of the race um, was probably more uh, of a determining factor of who won than anything else. Now, having said that, you have to be having a good day to be in position to take advantage of that track position when it comes along and you get lucky with the way the, uh, the ending cautions fly. But there is no way that RCI, RCR wins that race and finishes 1-2 unless there was a real, real bad move by one of the back markers getting on pit lane that, that brought out that last, the last sequence of cautions and led to that whole change. But I, I think the thing that I'm more upset about than anything else is this rule package right now. Um, you know, we've seen it good on the road courses. We've seen it good on the uh, restrictor plate tracks. We've seen it good on the short tracks and the smaller tracks, like the one miles, like Phoenix. But on the mile-and-a-half tracks, this racing package has turned into a snooze fest five laps after every restart. We've gotten some tremendous restarts, of course, with the four-wide move of uh, – cold custard uh getting his win a few weeks ago but if you take away those restarts if you just look at the quality of racing about five to seven laps after each restart you can see there's a problem and then if you look at it see that the cars that are up front are on old tires and they're pulling away by three four seconds against the the guys with the new tires it just are busy racing other guys in the pack. Clean air should not be this important in stock car racing. But as we've seen over the, the recent years on the intermediate tracks, it's more like Formula One with fenders. Yeah, and I agree with everything you said. The uh, That brings up a couple things I want to bring up as well. The You know, the package is one thing, but the lack of tire fall-off, you know, when you're able to sit there and and pit for gas only and you got 25, 30 laps on your tires and you're still able to hold off guys with brand new rubber, that's an issue. And there's a reason why 
Uh, the racing at Atlanta, you know, has, is good, and they're putting off the repave as long as humanly possible. Because uh, you know, Chicago, the last uh, couple of years that uh, that thing uh, was in existence, you know, those races were were good as well. You, the abrasive tracks with the massive tire fall off is where the excitement is at, and that's where the uh, you know the the pit strategy and the crew chief definitely comes into play. And I thought that um, you know with the with the lack of tire fall off and the fact that these guys can hold their own on old tires against guys with new rubber, when NASCAR announced the whole winning your in deal with the playoffs. I thought that was going to completely open up the doors to seeing multiple different strategies and some kind of crazy strategies at the track. And even guys like Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick that have, you know, four and five wins on this season, they're basically just just following the same playbook as everybody else. It takes away a lot of the excitement, I think. Yeah, it's almost like every one of these mile-and-a-half tracks, they're treating it as if they're treating uh, the racing strategy from a from the road courses where you want to be the last guy to, to pit for the final. Or, I'm sorry, you want to be the first guy to pit for the last time and let everything shuffle itself back up to the front that way. That's not stock car racing. You know, I I know there's a lot of our fans out there that, that don't know anything but radial tires because it's been with us in the sport for almost 30 years now. But stock car racing was actually better when they were on the old bias fly tires and guys slid around a little more. Um, of course, at that same time, you also had a lot of air that was getting under the cars and the cars drove like beasts. You know, you'd see the guys cranking on the on the wheel you know, all the time, and you'd see them have to be, you know, have finesse on and off the accelerator because they had more horsepower than they could use in those corners. Now, when you can flat-foot it through most of Texas Motor Speedway, that's not racing the way we knew it, you know, and it's just kind of, I don't know, it's, it's all about the restarts. It's all about, you know, shuffling for track position, there's some interesting things to that every once in a while. And we've had these track position races as long as there has been a NASCAR, but we didn't get them every week. You'd get them like one out of every 10 weeks. You'd have it where strategy and, you know, pitting at the right time and, you know, catching the cautions in the right time made all the difference. I mean, I remember a race where, you know, years ago, back in the late 80s, and people will have a hard time believing this now, pre-restrictor plate at Talladega, where during green flag racing, Bill Elliott was able to make up two whole laps because he had a fast car and he had the best setup. And he was, he was getting new tires at the right time to manage that speed. Those days are long gone where speed matters. And, and I think NASCAR is missing out on this. They look at the close competition and all these cars on the lead lap, and that's great because it used to be you could win a race by three laps in NASCAR back in the day because people broke down all the time. But imagine if we had all these cars lasting to the end and we had guys that were actually able to make a pass without having help and without having a bump draft. 
by a partner on a restart, I'm I'm just telling you the racing could be a whole lot better if they raised the horsepower and lowered the downforce. Yep, I agree. Uh, you brought up uh, Quinn Huff. You know, he sat there and went to hit pit road from the middle lane, caused a late caution in that race, which was obviously it definitely affected the, the outcome and one of the reasons why uh, RCR finished 1-2. But uh, that's neither here nor there. The bigger story is Brad Keselowski, and he came out and said he would like to see a program where guys who have uh, multiple incidents can get uh, basically demoted down to Xfinity or the trucks, um, and then they have to prove their salt again that they deserve a cup ride. That will never happen in this age of sponsors, but I think it's one hell of an idea. And, uh, you know, if, if, the, if there weren't so many teams battling over so few sponsors, and if the, the sponsorships were worth the money that they used to be, I think it could have worked. But there's no way uh, that it's going to work nowadays. But uh, what do you think of Brad's idea there? Well, there's a more immediate idea that needs to be worked out here in this no qualifying and no practice era of NASCAR during this pandemic. They're letting rookies compete in cup without ever having turned a lap on some of these tracks. It is begging for a disaster. And they're going to make the same problem in the Xfinity series up at Road America as well with guys that have never been on that track, never turned a lap even on a, in another kind of a car to get some, some practice laps. And they're going to be throwing them to the wolves at one of the toughest tracks in the country. But even racing at a Texas Motor Speedway in a cup car at the cup level of competition is tough when you don't get a lot of practice. I kind of thought that Brad was picking on Quinn Hoff uh, a little unfairly because my memory bank says that this is the first really bad oops that this kid has had since he's yeah, come to the cup level. And, and ironically, it helped the Dylan boy who won. And the last time I remember somebody pulling a real bonehead maneuver getting on to pit lane was the other Dylan boy last year uh, causing a big crash. So, you know, the, the problem with Brad's idea, and it's a great idea on the surface, but if you realize that NASCAR is not going to grade people the same way, that a Quinn Huff is going to be looked at different than a Cole Custer. Let's say if Cole Custer caused three or four wrecks, are you going to demote him to the Xfinity or the Truck Series as as quickly as you will if a Quinn Huff or, you know, a Ryan Priest or somebody else makes a mistake like that? Rookies are going to make mistakes. Even experienced drivers make mistakes every once in a while. You need to see it as a pattern. And you also need to see it as a pattern that the guy can't even hold the racing line. And if that's the case, that's when the demotions need to come, not just for one incident on pit lane. Brad was speaking out back when he was a rookie. Brad was causing a lot of wrecks as well. Well, yeah, I was just about to say that. And this is coming from a guy that, uh, you know, he was involved in, in quite a few incidents. And a lot of them were 
1,000% his fault and of his making. And uh, he created a lot of cautions, and you know, which is it makes it obviously as a former champion and uh, a guy that that's won a lot of races now in the Cup Series. Um, you know, it, it gives it more weight to what he said. But but yeah, you know, if you uh, if you look back in the memory bank, Brad Keselowski uh, has caused his fair share of yellows as well. Uh, again, my uh, you know, obviously I hated the uh, the winner at, at at Texas, and uh, <laughs> I thought it was uh, totally uh, cocky and a perfect example of why he's so easy to hate. When after the race and after the win, he goes on Twitter and he says, "Not bad for a kid born with the silver spoon in his mouth." Are you really going to go out there and talk smack to people because you won the third race in your cup career? Are you out of your mind? Well, he's only, what, 75 races behind uh, something like that of of the other guy that drove that three car. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's it. I just, yeah, I'm sorry, it's. Probably not a good idea to uh, sort of poke the bears out there that want to talk about it. But here's the thing. Austin Dillon's not a horrible race car driver, okay? He's just not a superstar. It's, and, he's, and he's not even a, not even a, uh, like, he's just an average racer. And there's nothing wrong with being average. Somebody has to finish 15th. Someone yep. has to finish 20th every week. But you don't go ahead and and make that comment. I have no problem with the fact that, you know, his dad, you know, if his dad didn't own the team based on his talent, he wouldn't be there. Too bad. So what? You know, maybe Michael Waltrip wouldn't have gotten to where he was in this sport if Daryl wasn't such a, a great driver. Maybe Kenny Wallace doesn't get a chance if Rusty Wallace isn't great. Maybe even Donnie Allison doesn't get a chance. He was a hell of a race car driver, but he doesn't get a chance if Bobby Allison isn't great. You know, having family roots in this sport has always been part of NASCAR. So it's it's more than just having a silver spoon. You just have a family heritage. Celebrate it. Don't, but don't poke the bear like that. That is ridiculous. I I could understand if you went out and won a, won ten races in a championship that at your championship dinner, as you're hoisting the trophy, you say, not bad for someone with a silver spoon born, you know, uh, born in his mouth. Maybe that's the time to make that comment, not when you just lucked into a win at Texas Motor Speedway. Yeah, I agree, and a perfect example for me why he's so easy to hate. Uh, Dennis, uh, we got to take a quick break here, uh, but we will be right back on the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Final inspection. Final inspection. Now. Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. Welcome back to the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlovsky, the Polish pipe bomb. Steering the ship for the first hour, Steve Zaki will join the show 
right around 12.45 today, and then the entire second hour all to himself from up at Road America. Good stuff. You're not going to want to miss that. And I would be uh, remiss if I didn't uh, let everybody know all the all the fans of the uh, fine program, uh, the, the final inspection show. You can own a piece of final inspection history starting Wednesday when my house in Menominee Falls goes on the market for sale. So get out there and bid and give me all your money. Let's head back out to the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Bring in the third-party candidate for president with the best chance to win, Dennis Michelson, back to the show. Uh, Dennis, we had Kansas on Thursday night, and you you know, you know, mentioned it uh, with Texas. You talk about a snooze fest. The first two-thirds of that race were awful. Yeah, again, um, this is a track that has not always featured great racing, um, but until the rule changes about boy, which has been almost five, six years ago now, um, that started taking away a little bit of horsepower and adding more and more downforce. Uh, you know, it, it's it's gotten away from being a tricky track, and now it's just a matter of a momentum track. And, you know, is the racing, I don't know. Again, it's just not my cup of tea. You know, maybe there's people that love this kind of racing. Maybe there's people that just live for these exciting restarts. I want to see exciting racing, you know, from at times. I don't even care if it gets to be a snooze fest for 200 miles. I want to see somebody actually be able to to make a pass. I would love to see somebody. I mean, I, I sound like one of those grouchy old men now. You know, maybe my campaign slogan uh, for president, I should, well, in addition to saying, I am not a crook. Uh, I should be, you know, <laughs> saying that I'm gonna gonna bring back bias fly tires and good racing again. I don't know, but you know, it's the thing is with the kind of racing that we have now. If you look at the statistics, everything's so much better. Like it's more exciting if you look at the statistics that matter. But there's one statistic that's lacking, and that's green flag passes for the lead, other than during restarts, like. Five laps after a restart, and we don't see changes for the lead anymore, unless the guy comes on the on the pit lane. It's just really bizarre what is happening. You see a guy two seconds back, and he can close up to to within a few car lengths of the leader, and he can't pass him without help. That's not racing. That's not stock car racing, and and that's what I I look at and I just shake my head that. You know, these are smart people running NASCAR. Aren't they getting the idea that you got to let these guys use both the gas pedal and the brake pedal? I mean, think back a few weeks ago with that race, and Eric Almirola, who's starting from the pole position, is complaining to his pit crew that he's got a soft brake pedal, and he's having problems. Did it even bother him in the race? No. It didn't bother him in the race because he didn't need the brakes. That's not racing. That's not stock car racing. This is a, we've entered a strange world. It's almost like slot car racing. You know, it, it's, it's just weird where we've seen these intermediate track 
races go. And I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the next generation of car gets away from some of these very strict aero rules that have glued these cars to the ground and, and made this a momentum track. It's, it, you know, it's just not my cup of tea when it comes to racing. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, after some strange results, you know, there was some uh, some names not typically in the top 10 at Texas. It was back to the same old uh, 2020 NASCAR yeah. season at Kansas on Thursday night. Uh, Joey Logano finished awful and struggled as he has ever since the return from the uh, little Corona vacation that uh, the drivers took. Uh, Jimmy Johnson has had some more bad luck, which uh, seems to be a weekly theme. Uh, you know, it uh, there's some drivers struggling that you wouldn't typically expect to struggle, Dennis. No, and still Kyle Busch without a win in yep. Cup this year. I mean, that that that's phenomenal. But Joey Logano, I have a theory there. When he came back from the pandemic break, he had these really weird glasses that he's wearing now when he's racing and it reminds me of the old movie major league with the weird <laughs> glasses that they that they gave you know the the star pitcher and you know wild thing wasn't the same until he had the the skull and crossbones on the side of his gut glasses you know it, it you know joey logano looks like he should be teaching like English literature somewhere at, you know, like English Lit 101 at some junior college. He, he doesn't look like a race car driver. He's got to he's gotta get a, a cooler set of glasses if he's going to wear glasses when he races. Or he needs that LASIK surgery and to go to some cool shades. I'm not sure what the solution is, but he looks like he should be teaching English Lit or history right now, not racing stock cars in it. And it shows in his performance. It would be one thing if he was winning a lot of races. Then you could just say it's kind of cool and you make fun of him. But he's not racing well since he switched glasses. And this is a big thing. He's he's turned into an also-ran uh, this year. And then Jimmy Johnson, oh, my goodness. Talk about a guy that I just want to want to have the season end and have him put out of his misery at this point. He had some good, strong races when we first came back, and now he's he's struggling just to get out of his way. You know, maybe he needs to test positive again and just sit out for, for a few weeks uh, instead of just aggravating his fans by having, you know, problem after problem and bad finish after bad finish. Yeah, I agree. The Joey Logano thing uh, is surprising to me because of how dominant he was when this season started. And then after the Corona uh, vacation, you know, he's just he's been just straight awful. There's no way to really sugarcoat it. He did finish third at Texas, but that was his his only, I think, top 10 since the return. And, uh, you know, just mightily struggling. Jimmy Johnson, you know, I. I understand that, um, you know, he wants to uh, to sit there and, and have one last hurrah and all that and, and say goodbye to some of these tracks. And I really hope for his sake and for any up-and-coming driver <laughs> that uh, he doesn't choose to return next season because, you know, he just, between bad luck and, and the problems and everything else, He's just not a competitive driver anymore. 
And what's even more startling is that Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott have had two of the strongest cars uh, since they, they returned from the pandemic. And they've, they're always running up front. They're always in contention. And even William Byron is doing great. So it's not equipment. It's all driver. Yeah, and I bet Chad Canales is uh, secretly very happy that uh, he's having more success than Jimmy since they uh, moved on from each other. But uh, we got one more segment with Dennis Michelson coming up. We got to take a quick break. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan brought to you, of course, by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Get out there today. It is hot, but it is a gorgeous day for racing. Go smell the fumes and the rubber and... Enjoy the food and the nice ice-cold beers out there and have a great time with your family, your wife, your girlfriend, or all of them all together. One last segment here with Mr. Dennis Michelson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, the one man who puts coronavirus on his cornflakes and just doesn't care. Uh, Dennis, NASCAR goes to uh, New Hampshire a week from Sunday. And uh, you mentioned it, that NASCAR seems to have the rule package right for the small tracks, the smaller tracks like New Hampshire, the one-miler, and uh, and some of the super speedways. So hopefully the racing gets better. I'm, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to this race after uh, racing a couple cookie cutters uh, the last couple weeks. Yeah, the Magic Mile is sometimes giving us bad races, sometimes giving us good races. But um, the one thing that's going to be really tough to see is not seeing fans in the stands there. I don't think there's going to be any at New Hampshire. Uh, and this will be the first track or first time back to the track since Bob Bear passed away this week. So, um Bob Bear, just a legendary racing promoter up in New England that's responsible for that track being there. He's responsible for a lot of great racing of all types uh, up in New England. And it's going to be sad to see the track that he helped bring about. And, you know, they just opened their racing hall of fame on site there. They're not going to be fans to enjoy it. It just, it seems really weird. Uh, with all that we're going through right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. And, uh, you know, it's been nice. I, uh, You know, honestly, not seeing fans at a lot of the tracks didn't really bother me. But then when you when you saw them at Bristol and, uh, and you, you saw them at a couple other tracks, it was like, okay, here we go. Things are getting back to normal. And uh, and again, now we're we're back to uh, to zero out in New Hampshire, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna look a little weird. It uh, you know every time you think we're gonna we're close to getting back to normal, something like that kind of kicks you in the, in the face. Uh, baseball is returning, you know, or has returned. 
Uh, the uh, Chicago Cubs beat the uh, the Brewers in Game One of the season uh, yesterday. Um, do you? How do you? How would you grade both NASCAR and IndyCar on their performance when they were quote unquote the only game in town? Yeah, it's been disappointing on the rating side for NASCAR. Um, that's been the biggest thing in my mind is there should have been like Daytona like numbers for people tuning in because there was nothing going on in the world of sports. I mean, people have been tuning in Korean baseball early in the morning. I mean, this is how desperate people were for sports yet. They were not tuning in to NASCAR at larger numbers than what we expect for NASCAR first race or two back they they the numbers were better than what that race would normally do you know in a typical season but what we're learning is that racing is different from the stick and ball sports racing is a big event big crowd big tv number type of sport the regular games that are on for for baseball uh, in the summertime, draw about the same ratings that the average races do when they're the only sport in town. So with baseball coming back, with the NBA playoffs coming back, I would assume hockey playoffs might come back somewhere along the line here too. With all of the other sports coming back, NASCAR is going to struggle to do any kind of a rating here. Um, and that sets them up really bad for the new TV deal. Um, it's, but that's what it is, folks. It's NASCAR is not going to pull NFL type numbers. They're not going to pull NBA type numbers. They're going to pull numbers that are good for auto racing. In IndyCar's case, they really haven't had consistent enough broadcasts and consistent enough timing to even have an idea. With IndyCar, the big test will be where are the Indianapolis 500 numbers late next month when that race plays? Are I know they're not going to be as good as a typical Indianapolis 500. I would be shocked if they were. But can they actually be the top event of that weekend? That'll be their big test. But it's been sort of disappointing. If I was in... You know, if I was one of the execs at NASCAR and IndyCar, I'd be looking and going, we aren't converting any of these stick and ball sport fans to racing. And it's obvious. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think the both series could have done a better job. Uh, part of the problem, and, you know, obviously it wasn't NASCAR's fault, but they had, what, six or seven weeks in a row that uh, the weather sat there and, and wreaked havoc yeah. on uh, start times and uh, delayed races and all that kind of stuff. And obviously that doesn't help. But, uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't give high marks for, uh, for NASCAR for, for what they did. And I would give e- even worse marks for Indy. And while the, since the return of IndyCar, the races have been exciting. The, you had the doubleheader up at Road America. Both of those races were were entertaining and uh they had iowa and uh ran you know two days back to back in iowa that uh, were good races as well their schedule is what bothers me and 
obviously they knew that when they, you know, because their plan to come back was, was months in the making. Why wouldn't you stack races on top of each other so you could sit there and try to take advantage of being the only game in town while baseball, the NBA, hockey, everything was was uh, was still off. They just did not plan their schedule well, which to me is surprising considering Roger Penske is running the show. I get what you're saying there, but you also have to look at how they run their teams and their shop versus how NASCAR handles things. With with the IndyCar, a lot of those teams do not have a ton of the tubs, you know. So if a if they race on a particular week or even have a double header like they did, those are two cars that are prepared. Those two cars, one of those two cars, probably has to be uh, turned around real fast for the next race. They probably only have maybe one or two spare um, tubs around to to build another car um, to try to keep costs down. So that's how IndyCar is able to to make it less expensive for the owners is that they're actually able to just plug pieces on almost like you're building rebuilding a lego you know you just plug this part in after you've had a crash versus nascar that builds these cars from scratch and if they're damaged in a race it's almost easier just to replace the car with a new one um, so they have more cars in their inventory than indycar does and i think that's why indycar was not able to turn it around as quickly and to go into a a quicker schedule to take advantage. Uh, and at the same time, they were fighting a lot of these tracks that were, you know, are, do we even want you here? Do we, we even want to put on a race? Do we want to approve this or not? I mean, it's been a tough deal for them. And as you saw with NASCAR, they've been doing double headers all the time. And that's how they've gotten away with, with uh, having more races. But uh, I don't know. IndyCar to me, just the way they set up and the way they try to save money. Uh, I'm not sure they could have done it any better than they did unless they were willing to put a huge cost on the teams. And that's something I don't think uh, Roger Penske was set to do. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I agree. And I don't, and I don't know where the TV partners are too. With NASCAR, there's always a race on the next week. So it's easier to get the TV partners to add a race than it is to add a whole weekend worth of coverage. And I know there has been a lot of sports on, but it's still tough to get your TV partners to do what you want them to do, as we witnessed by NASCAR holding races in the middle of the afternoon in places that are subject to getting, you know, frequent thunderstorms in the afternoon. So they haven't even been able to get their TV partners to move the races up to noon with nothing on TV, try getting IndyCar to even get their TV partners to commit another weekend to the sport might have even been the deciding factor there as well. Well, when you sit there and uh, when Fox is running a replay of NFL games as opposed to a live <laughs> NASCAR event uh, that you know gets shuffled all the way over to Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports 12 or wherever, it uh, that's a problem as well. Uh, running out of time here, Dennis. Real quick with the uh, the 
races are just clicking off. We're going to be in the in the middle of the playoffs here uh, fairly soon. Regular season is uh, quickly wrapping up for NASCAR. Do you see any surprises sneaking into the playoffs? Oh, I don't even think it matters if any surprises uh, come into the playoffs because if this doesn't come down to Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick at the end of the season, then it's just the luck of the draw of having a bad wreck come their way. They've been the two most dominant cars all season. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's nice to see, you know, Tyler Reddick. He has done himself a world of good. He's only ten points back out of sixteenth. Eric Jones. He's had. You want to talk about a guy that's had tons of bad luck as well this year. Uh, he's in eighteenth, only a couple points behind uh, Tyler as the first one sitting out of the playoffs. Playoffs. If they began uh, tomorrow or today. Jimmy Johnson would be out. Uh, I think that would uh, surprise a lot of people, but make make some of us happy after uh, sitting through seven championships with uh, with the same <laughs> guy. So, uh, Dennis, I want to I want to thank you for joining us. What's uh, What's the latest that uh, you're up to? Well, it's been a lot of ad coverage for uh, WITY Radio down here in Danville. Not a whole lot more, but. We will be bringing some racing coverage back to uh, D-Mike Media uh, here in the coming months as we get uh, more things taking place. And also our final tea time with the uh, Chicago Wildfire coming up next Tuesday as well. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dennis. Uh, Always the highlight of my weekend. And I can't wait to talk to you next week, my friend. Sounds like a plan. All right, there was Dennis Michelson. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give it the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending, Jeff, since 1935. Fantastic. 1935. What a great year that was. That was indeed. I don't remember much, uh, but, yeah, fantastic. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, you know, hide, hide the women, hide the kids. Steve Zaki joins the show next. He joins, he'll be a guest on his own damn radio show. It doesn't get any better than that. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan brought to you, as always, by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway out in Union Grove. We head back out on the Great Midwest Bank hotline out to Road America and welcome in the man voted most likely to steal your girlfriend in high school, Mr. Steve Zaki. Welcome to your own show, Steve. I'm sorry, you. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, I said I appreciate you uh, being able to sit here today. Oh, hey man, you know it's uh, your show. It's it's nice sitting in the in the, on the throne in the big boy chair. 
I uh, I feel important, and uh, Mitch even brought me coffee. So, you know, it, it, it's nice being you, my friend. How cold is the beer out of Road America today? Uh, it really needs to be because it is it is uh, summer in Wisconsin. Right now it's 86 degrees. It's supposed to get up to 90 today. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's summer in Wisconsin, but uh, after, you know, six months of winter, basically, I'm not going to complain about it. No, no. Anytime anybody complains about the heat, kind of just want to slap them because uh, we get about four days a year where you, you can have a legitimate gripe about the heat. And then, uh, you know, they're the first ones to complain about how cold it is in the winter. So got to love it. What uh, what do you got coming up in the uh, in the next hour here? Well, in the next hour, we're going to have uh, David Hobbs. We're going to be talking Formula One and uh, getting the latest. And they're off this week, but um, uh, you know, last week they have uh, they were in Hungary, and we'll talk about the Hungarian Grand Prix. Uh, some broad strokes with uh, what, you know what's going on in Formula One and the future for Formula One. Also, talk to uh, Hall of Fame driver George Fulmer, who's up here for the WeatherTech Brian Redmond Vintage Weekend, and I chatted with him uh, about a little bit about his career. You know, first time he was out at Road America was in 1965, and uh, so I think the listeners will enjoy some of the experiences uh, with, with George and uh, also with uh, Doug Meyer, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure uh, most of the listeners will not know who that was is and uh, i was able to talk to him he was actually a master engine builder for the shadow can-am cars that raced out here at road america in the 1970s but uh, surprisingly he was a also a, a bit of a gearhead and actually raced a gasser at great lakes dragway in the early 60s so it, it's certainly a small world uh, hobnobbing with the big names out there just like uh, always it must be nice being king my friend <laughs> Always a good time out at Road America, and, uh, you know, this weekend is without exception. You know, especially with everything going on in, uh, you know, the world today and with racetracks, you know, we've got the Indianapolis 500 coming up, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, in th- third week in August, you know, only 25%, you know, attendance. You know, Indiana's had some issues with the COVID, and, and the metropolitan area in Milwaukee's had some uh uh, issues, but you know, up in Elkhart Lake and Road America, you know, because of the the layout of the track, and we you know, we've been you know, talking about this for the last month or so. You know, is there? I don't think there's. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a COVID safe track, but I mean just for for the ability to social distance and to be out and do something. Road America is one of the best places to do it uh, in in the environment that we're living in today. Yeah, it absolutely is, and they did one hell of a job with the back-to-back IndyCar races out there a couple weeks ago, and uh, they got NASCAR weekend coming up as well. So they uh having some some huge events, and if uh, if the IndyCar weekend is any indication, they're they're definitely doing it the right way, and uh, you know it's it, it's great to see. And like I said with Dennis, you know it didn't bother me not seeing fans in the stands. But when you do catch a glimpse of the fans, you kind of realize what you were missing when they weren't there. Oh, sure. You know, so it's yeah. uh, it's it's great to see people at the track again. 
Well, not only up here in Road America, but certainly a Great Lakes Dragway, too, you know, with, with the layout of uh, the drag strip there. It's certainly ability to social distance, but it, it, it's a way for, uh, you know, fans to get out there and do something. We got the uh, the, the WeatherTech IMSA series uh, next weekend. We're going to have Guy Hobbs reporting live up here uh, next weekend. Looking forward to that. And then, like you said, NASCAR weekend is coming up shortly after that. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of a lot of activities coming up here at Road America, and uh, just like I said, with the uncertainty of what's going on, and and we you know, hopefully with the little surge that we're getting here in the summer, we can correct that, and you know we can you know continue with uh, Major League Baseball that just started. We you know with, with Tim Allen, it was good to hear him back on on the weekends here talking Brewer baseball uh, on the fan, and, and uh, you know football warming up. You know, well it'll be you know. It, trying to get some form of uh, normalcy back in the world, uh, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. After every Brewers game, uh, after the last pitch, you make the switch for uh, the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show with Tim Allen on the fan. Good stuff, Steve. I, uh, I got to run. I love. I don't want to take any time away from your hour and the big names you got. <laughs> so thank you for uh, coming on your own show. Oh. I'm going to give the steering wheel to you. Have a great weekend. Yeah. Well, hey, one more one more thing, Jeff, real quick. Uh, we will be uh, I'll be making an appearance with David and Guy Hobbs in town at Road America at Seepkins. Uh, so come on out. You can buy a Seepkins T-shirt or David's uh, book that's been out, and uh, just come out and say hi. So come out to Seepkins tonight in downtown Elkhart Lake. Yeah, go out early before Steve is passed out under a bar stool. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a blast. Have a great time, Steve. Have a great uh, next hour on the show. Thank you for letting me steer the ship. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.